your Crocs and let's get dressed. It's somewhat happy hour with Josh Fest. Well, hi everyone, and welcome back to the Somewhat Happy Hour. I'm Josh Fest, and today I have a very special guest. She is one of my very best friends, uh, a 10 out of 10 person, and her name is Ellie O'Brien. Hi, Ellie. Hello, podcast. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm having a mimosa, and life is grand. Uh, I'm also having a mimosa, so we'll add in a little cheers here. Shall we clink? Sure. Yeah, because we are... Uh, in person. ASMR. <laughs> um, we are in person. We're sitting in my basement on the floor recording this podcast. Um, I'm going to take a sip. Did you take a sip? I did, but so I'll take view, another one. View, uh, uh, listeners, not viewers, um, if you're with me, uh, this is our sip time. Here we go. Ah, mimosa e. Okay, so Ellie. Ellie, Ellie, Ellie. <laughs> yes, Josh. Uh, <laughs> we've known each other since 2018. Yes. Late 2018. Um, but we don't need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> can you introduce yourself to, to those who may not know who you are? Sure. Um, hit us with the, the I highlights. love talking about myself. Of um, so, my name is Ellie, and I am currently working as a para at a middle school. What is a para? A para um, is a support teacher for students. I work specifically with students with learning disabilities. So basically, I'm just there to give them the accommodations that they need. Um, I graduated from George Mason University in the spring. And, you know, I graduated in a pandemic. So kind of just been floating around trying to figure out my life. Um, I, too, like acting. I started out as a theater education major, just like Joshua over here. But I ended up changing my major to childhood studies and now I want to go back into teaching and get my teaching license. Kind of gone back and forth about what I wanted to do for a while now. Um, but I think this is, I think I'm happy with my decision. I am a twin, uh, which is, I think, cool because Josh is a triplet. So, you know, we've bonded over that. We really have. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm not very fascinating. I just... I think you're a very fascinating person. I don't think I am. Um, but that's, that's, I've never heard that. Well, used to well describe me, after so. this podcast airs, um, you are going like just like my podcast itself. You will be a viral sensation. Um, just yeah. don't do anything bad to where you like you know they come back and then trace my show and like Ellie O'Brien was. I mean, fun fact: I already went famous on TikTok. So did you really? Well, not my video, but remember my friend, uh, her video went viral on TikTok, and oh, she right. kind of made that's fun right. of me for being depressed. Not in a lighthearted way, not actually. <laughs> um, and people were supporting me, and you know, now I just have a very dedicated fan base. Of course, as do I with the podcast. Yeah, it's insane the uh, the amount of people that will sit and drink and listen to a podcast. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought? But then again, you know, listeners are doing whatever they want. They could be, you know, I invite you to have a a, a drink and listen to the show, or you could be, you know, running on the treadmill or sleeping or you know i don't know anything sleeping. really wow yeah you know that you could listen to this podcast like, as you're getting sleeping? ready to fall asleep they're, oh as you're getting ready yeah, to fall asleep yeah. i thought you meant like or sleeping that in general. method where you're sleeping and you listen yeah. to something and you hope it absorbs into your brain well that too and then you wake up and you just know if, everything if if you're one of those people is that an actual this is thing? <laughs> this is josh and uh i'm happy to be a part of your dream welcome to the somewhat dreamy hour with josh Vest. <laughs> 
I don't like that. It doesn't have a doesn't have the same ring to it. Anyway, um, I want to talk. You you hit on it already that you love acting. You love theater. Um, what was your very first role that you ever played? Uh, this is a fun one. Um, so I feel like I should give some backstory. Of course. So as a child, and still to some degree now, I have always been a relatively shy person. Um, not when you get to know me and when you're around me. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but especially as a child, I was painfully shy. I refused to go on for elementary school productions um, <laughs> I wouldn't talk in class. My kindergarten teacher thought there was something wrong with me because she'd ask me a question and I'd just stare at her. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. I had a very similar thing growing up. And even in, like, you know, middle school, high school, I did not talk very much. I was very kept to myself. Yeah, in class, I did not talk much. And even in high school, this is getting ahead of my sure. first role, but even in high school when I, w- when I was in productions and I was on the improv troupe, People would see me in shows, and then in class the next day, teachers and students would be like, I couldn't believe that was you, because you never say anything. And <laughs> you're up there being like, uh, can I cuss on your podcast? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're up there being like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were going to say that, but... Can I, I say I, that? I, of course, okay. this is a happy hour. You can say whatever you want. All right, cool. Um, anyway, so my first role was in seventh grade, and my friend Sarah convinced me that we should audition for the musical, which was Guys and Dolls. And, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I was terrified because, like I said, I was a very shy child. Um, but I had seen um, some musicals at this point. One of my favorites was actually Fiddler on the Roof, which is also Josh's favorite. It so is, yeah. we bonded over that also. Um, but my grandparents made me watch it, and I just thought it was so cool. And I was like, oh, that'd be so fun to do. So then when Sarah said we should audition, I was like, oh, actually, that sounds kind of fun. Like, I, you know, I watched this movie version of Fiddler on the Roof, and I think it seems really cool. So I was like, I guess I'll do it, although I'm terrified. Um, So I auditioned. I sang Matchmaker from Fiddler on the Roof because that was one of the only musicals I knew. Um, And I think we only had to do a song. We didn't have to do a monologue, I don't think. Did you sing all three parts, all three sister roles? No, I just did, like, a short part of it. Do you want to give us I think I... No, No? I don't. Okay, (laughs) Um, And I got in the ensemble, um, which, to me, that was incredible. That's all I wanted. Um, I was part of the mission band... Um, tell, alongside tell us, Sarah. Uh, this this is my favorite part. So I I, I know that Ellie, uh, she told me that she played this role, and <laughs> I think it is easily one of the high honest like honestly for real one of the highlights of the show because it's a guaranteed like laugh almost. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, in middle school, I was in band. Um, boy, a, do I wish I discovered. It's unfortunate. Maybe, maybe um, you. Because I didn't like it. I was a percussionist. Oh, okay. um, I mean, it was kind of cool. But, like, yeah. I wish I had discovered theater sooner because I would have preferred to be doing that in school. But anyway, I think this is part of the reason they chose to put me in the mission band because I literally was in band. So my role was um, the cymbal player. So I, I walk across the stage in our little cafetorium and I'm like... Follow the fold and stray no more. <laughs> no more. 
And, you know, I was just the highlight, I really think, of that song. I was just banging those cymbals so hard. I was so proud of myself. Um, anyway. <laughs> That's so funny that you did that in middle school, because I also did the show in middle school. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I played uh, uh, Big Julie. Um, oh. And the reason, this is this is mean, the reason they uh, cast me in the role, I found out later, because the teachers and directors thought it was funny, uh, I was the shortest of the men. And they, they said, uh, oh, we should put him as Big Julie. And when they would introduce my character, there were people standing in front of me. And then I just stepped out. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I think we did I the mean, same. A, it, a lot of people We chose do. the shortest. I, I know quite a few people that have done it that are shorter. And it's kind yeah. of a run-on joke. Um, but I guess you could also... you know I've seen productions where it's usually like a huge guy. Um, but I think it's funny. You know, it gives the little guy something to do. Yeah. So yeah, that was my first role, and then I went on in eighth grade to be a lead role in Into the Woods as who did, who did the, you witch. the Witch. Um, I wish that I could have played that part when I was older, because you know I was a little baby middle schooler. But to this day, I think it's one of the most fun things I've done. Um, and that was the one act version, right, where it ends yeah, on yeah, a yeah. happy, happy ending. Ends yeah, so we didn't get to one. the depressing act two. Yeah. Um, and then I went on to do it through high school and loved it. And then I went on to major in theater, theater ed in college. But but there was a lot of acting in the. Uh, yeah, I, I still did acting in college. Um, but I I think I chickened out from really giving it all, giving it my all in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what was the well, uh, the most recent production you were in? Oh, funny you ask. Uh, <laughs> it was actually Comedy of Errors, directed by Mr. Josh Vest, your host. Um, we did that production over the summer with the theater company he works for, Allegro. Well, yeah, this is company. A, a shout out to Allegro Community Players, this <laughs> was the group. And I am uh, a theater teacher at Allegro. I teach middle school and high school theater there. Yeah, it was a fun show, you know? Maybe not the greatest production ever. <laughs> No, it had nothing to do with your directing abilities or my acting abilities. I was clearly the highlight of the show. Of course. No, I'm just kidding. I definitely was not. But it was still fun. And it gave me something to do because, like I said, I didn't do much acting in college and I missed it a lot. Who, so. who would have thought the last summer you had before COVID, you would spend three days a week with me doing a... Uh... Or, or having rehearsals. Yeah, that was a commitment because I live like fifty minutes away from you, but right. it's cool. Well, and, well, it's like I'm I'm paying you back now because I drive fifty minutes to work. Three yeah, days but it's a week. not to see me. No, it's not. No, <laughs> it's it's uh, at the the high school where I am the assistant director at, which um, is in my hometown. Yeah, it's and it's right by where you work. It's like yeah, half a mile, mm-hmm. maybe even less. Um, oh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, so you, you've done a lot of acting, as you said, you, uh, you are, your favorite music, one of your favorite musicals is Fiddler on the Roof, and that's one of my favorite musicals, uh, but, you know, musical theater is great, but, you know, there's, there's a play we, we have in common that we both love. Oh, yes. Um, and I think it's a play that can be told forever and ever, um, it's funny, it's one of those comedies that was written during the peak of, uh comic theater um I, at least i think and it's something that you know it, it's, there's guaranteed laughs throughout the entire show and that's uh, harvey it is an excellent play one that i was actually a part of so that was awesome I, and before that i'd never heard of it but i haven't i haven't been in harvey but i've seen it a bunch i've read it a bunch 
I I loved I love that play, and I, that's a play I hope to do one day and even direct. Uh, with it's with awesome. Students. I think there's a lot, especially like even as a director, I think there's so much that you can do. Like I think it'd be just as fun to direct as it would be to act in it. In uh, in the directing class I took at, at Mason, I I picked Harvey to be my. Uh, uh, my 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 final project. I had to write a big paper on it and what I wanted to do, and I had the entire uh, costumes and set was um, uh, like either white or uh, like an off white, not quite gray. And then Elwood was in like just colorful outfits because he lives in the inner his inner child is seen throughout the show, mm-hmm. and but throughout the show when people start to believe there Harvey is here. They would start to add some color to their uh, costume. Um, but I'd have to have a big budget to do that. So, but that's a dream. So, so speaking of George Mason and, and act, uh, speaking <laughs> of uh, George Mason University, um, you work for, or you worked for an acting company school, after school program mm-hmm. that. Um, well, they do more than after school, but yeah. Yeah, after school camps and classes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, uh, it, it's owned by one of the professors, one of the acting professors. Um, yes. and she was in charge of theater education at one point as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, I hope, one of my favorite people, uh, it, slight uh, interjection here. I hope the mic is not picking up my stomach growling um, and I don't know why it is because we just ate breakfast for dinner, but <laughs> yeah, we're classy. Um, that's what we did tonight. Uh, anyway, continue. Anyway, so yeah, one of my favorite professors, one of my favorite people, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Same. Uh, Mary Mary Lecter is the owner of Acting for Young People. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little <laughs> bit about um, your your journey with Acting for Young People. Well, I started working with Acting for Young People my the spring of my sophomore year of college, and I had been told for a while <laughs> that I should sign up to be. Um, one of the teachers with Acting for Young People, because uh, Mary employed mostly George Mason students. I think even now it's most of them. And the young kids that end up going into it end up being Mason students. Yeah. Like the high school. It's really awesome, Um, especially being a theater education major at that time. It gave me an opportunity to practice um, teaching theater in real life. And I was nervous to do it at first because, like I said earlier, I have always been a chicken about everything. I don't like change um, or trying new things, which is crazy being, like, a theater person. Um, But I'm so glad I did it uh, because I absolutely loved it. I worked with elementary schoolers. I worked with the younger ones sometimes, but I mostly worked with uh, third grade to sixth graders. And I just... I just loved it. I love teaching theater. I still miss it. Um, it was such a great company. Like you said, it's great experience now. Even not working as a theater teacher, but just a teacher in general, it's great to put on my resume and everything. So. And I want to go from acting for young people, which you did throughout college, sophomore year to senior year. And I want to talk about that you're you're a para now. You touched on this in your introduction, um, but you, you started, you know, you, you graduated in the spring and then when did you get hired as, as a para? Was it was it over the summer or was it right before school started? Yeah, well, it, I think 
Ooh, it was right before school started. Oh, okay. Or maybe it was, I thought it was right after some... school started, actually. I think it might have been after school oh, started. Really? Maybe like a week or two after. They hadn't filled the position yet. Because I remember I, I did miss some of the um, That's right. I do remember first that. couple weeks yeah. of instruction. Yeah. But yeah, it was this past fall in like September. And honestly, I don't know why I chose to go into it. I just think it's because I don't have the credentials yet for um, doing what I want to do, which is probably teaching some sort of elementary school class. Um, so I still need to take credits for that. But yeah, so I guess para was the next best thing to get some experience in the school system. So you're a paraprofessional right now at a middle school. Um, and my hat's off to you because middle school is one of the most challenging, <laughs> um, you know, areas of school. Everybody says that. And I must be a freak because I've wanted to be some sort. I've known that I wanted to be some sort of teacher since I was in kindergarten, basically. Really? Yeah. I've always wanted to be a teacher because... A, my dad's a teacher, and B, I I liked school as a kid. I wasn't, like, a nerd, but, you know, I liked school, and I was very influenced by, not that there's anything wrong with being a nerd or anything constitutes being a nerd, but I'm saying I wasn't, like, obsessed with my classes and, uh, you know, like that. But I did really like school, and I felt very influenced by my teachers. Um, especially as a kid, I loved writing. And a lot of my teachers would take the time to pull me aside. They would read stuff that I wrote at home, like short stories and things like that. And I just always wanted to be that person for kids, like somebody who would genuinely pay attention to them and their interests and help them grow. So I knew from a young age that's what I wanted to do. And um, I honestly, for a long time, was like middle school is where it's at. That's where I want to be. Because it is such a tough time for kids. So it can be very, you know, frustrating, like you said. But I just remember my teachers helped mold me so much in middle school. And it's such, like, a vulnerable, vulnerable time for uh, kids. And I think that's when good teachers are needed the most. So it has its challenges, but I think it's really wonderful age to teach if you can get through to them you know i i teach a middle school class now and i you know middle schoolers are known for being awkward it's that awkward phase of life but me as a person i'm i'm a very i can be very awkward um, oh same here <laughs> so so i think that's why i i like teaching middle school um i you know i would teach at a middle school full time i i think that would be uh, a fun especially in the in the uh, theater department you know you're really exploring who you are as an individual mm-hmm. uh and you're finding yourself when i think that'd be a really nice you know mold going into theater yeah and like i said you know that was when i found theater for the first time was in middle school i was just moving the glass around and i hope that did not it's okay <laughs> sound too loud but anyway i found theater in middle school and that really changed around my self-esteem, my confidence. And, like, I see myself in kids in middle school when I mm-hmm. see kids who are really shy and don't have a lot of confidence. Like, I just know having those role models and having theater especially um, changed my life around at that point. So, Is that when you started to think about becoming a theater teacher? Because you knew you wanted to be a teacher. Not really. Really? I think I started thinking about becoming a theater teacher in high school, 
when I directed my first play because I was like, oh. I could see myself doing this okay. in schools. What what year was that? That was my, oh no. Well, I, no, I wrote my first play junior year. So I guess I directed my first play senior year. So maybe it was a little bit before that, but definitely during that experience was when I really solidified my choice. Yeah, that's, I was, I was also in high school when I knew I wanted to go into theater yeah. education. I, uh, for the longest time, I wanted to teach special education and history education. Um, and I thought as an actor and a theater person, I think teaching history would come, you know, naturally. And I've always, you know, enjoyed history classes. I, that was probably the best, my, my best grades were always in history classes. Um, but then oh, I, yeah, I, 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 I had my, for, uh, a theater teacher my, who started my sophomore year who was, uh, he 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 was a you know a, a male teacher seeing a male theater teacher was not something you know I'd known of before I've seen, or seen before, and you know he really inspired me and he is now my my mentor along my uh, theater education journey. Um, but hey, we're not talking about me today. We were talking about you. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so so you you love teaching. You teach right now in middle school, and you you actually get the chance to teach. Uh, right now yeah and i mean unfortunately just the way that american school systems are set up you have to go at a specific pace in the main classroom the main environment teachers don't always have the time to focus on the students who need help the most which is i want to interrupt you which is so i don't want to say weird to think but i'll say different because as education people in college, you're taught how to uh, uh, create a lesson that, you know, you can work with anyone, but you're saying, like, it's kind of the opposite in the real world, where the teacher is teaching, and then if there's a para, the para can step in. Yeah, I mean, I think that just, (laughs) like, says something about our (laughs) um, U.S. Education system as a whole, yeah, um, but that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, we can have a whole. There will be <laughs> soon a, an entire uh, podcast dedicated to the world of yeah. theater education. Well, and, education too, and but. you know, I won't talk shit about it too much because it is hard to tailor a lesson to every single student. Oh, absolutely. When you have to get through all the standards of learning. Yeah. Which. Again, standards of learning and testing and stuff is another conversation because that doesn't always work for everyone. But your question, I do get to kind of teach. I am there just to help them with assignments. Um, The biggest thing for me is reading aloud tests um, to kids who uh, may have, like, um, hearing problems, but it's usually just... uh, It's usually just... um, kids who have a hard time with reading comprehension and things like that and yeah but I do end up like teaching them I think a fair amount I had one kid this past semester and she was like can we meet up after school um to do some work since like you're basically the one who's been teaching me civics not the teacher and I was like (laughs) (laughs) um yeah sure (laughs) um but yeah so you know, you're, you're talking about meeting after school and for the first half of the year uh, and a little bit in the second half, uh, you taught strictly virtual. What what, yeah. what was that like working in that? Because we're up. Weird. It, it, I, I, you know, my last semester of college was that. Um, Same. But right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was odd. You know, as a college student, I found it, you know, 
I could manage that. But as a young student, middle any K to 12, I don't yeah, know if I could no. have done that. Truthfully, you just had to kind of accept that some kids just weren't doing the work. They, we, they didn't have to have their cameras on. It wasn't required. In fact, now they're doing half and half and cameras are required. But at first they were saying you can't have kids turn their cameras on for privacy reasons. Um, so you didn't even know if they were there. You could be talking to, to no yeah. one and yeah. you, you didn't know. And you just had to kind of accept that because there's nothing you can do. Right. But it was a real struggle for some kids, especially my kids um, with learning disabilities. Because oh, it's yeah. just, it's challenging not to have someone in person with you. You know, we would do breakout rooms and the saving grace was presenting their screen so I can see their computer screen mm. um, and then like direct them where they need to be. But mm. often, you know, that would take up most of our time together was just trying to get the assignment open because they didn't know where to go. And then I had to tell them, click here, click here, click here. By the time it's open, we have like five minutes left to work on the assignment. So I I feel bad for some of those yeah. kids um, during that whole time. We tried our best. Um, Do you think virtual learning, even in what will be post this lifestyle we're living now, which I hope comes back whenever it does... Um, and it will, in some Maybe. in some way, we hope. Do you think virtual learning is here to here to stay, or do you think it will start to fade out eventually? I mean, I know it's very popular with like you know, I, uh, in college. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's going to stick around for college. And it's been kids. around for a long time, but now this is the you know. Our but way of... with um, uh, K through twelve. I think it definitely next year it's still going to be an option. I think so anyway. Right now we're in hybrid. Um, kids have the option to stay all virtual or they can come um, and do the hybrid model, which is in person two days a week, virtual the other two. Mm-hmm. Mondays are asynchronous, so it's not classes. It's they're doing work on their own time. Um, but yeah, I honestly think that might still be a thing next year, as much as teachers don't want it to be, um, and parents. But you know, this thing's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not. Um, which you know, there's nothing we can do. It's out of our control, unfortunately. Although you know, we can't. You know, whatever. I don't want to talk about that too much. So so we. We've talked about acting. We've talked about education. We've talked about you, who you are. Now I'd like to talk about something that uh, I'm very excited to talk about. <laughs> and you, uh, when I met you, you started to, you tried to get me to watch this show, although I had watched it before um, on TV, but never, like, uh, the story wasn't sticking with me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't remember uh, how it ended, and I remember watching the series finale, but could not remember it when I rewatched the show, and it was How I Met Your Mother. Uh, spring of 2019, um, you you got me to wa- start watching it, and it, it took me about a year to finish because there's like a thousand episodes. It's, it's an incredible show. Um, I watched it in high school. I can't remember when I watched it, but it also took me a while. It took me like over a year, I think. It's, it's such a good show. And and I remember watching it, and I would get so invested into uh, into the show. And there were days where I would watch so much of it, and then I wouldn't watch it for months. And then <laughs> yeah, I'd go back, same. and I'd be like, "Wow, this is great!" And then again, but when the pandemic started, uh, when when I had so much more free time, really 
couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. I started to watch it um, all day every day. That is when I wasn't working or in school. But anyway, I would watch it all day every day. And once I finished it, uh, I was like, wow, I, I don't know what to do now, you know? Because it, it yeah. took me a year to finish. So I, I really felt like my relationship with those characters was strong. It is we... a show where you get very invested in the characters. And some people, like, you know, it's not... Um, it's not, like, my number one favorite show, but it is a show that I do love. We will talk about your number one favorite <laughs> yeah. show next. And some people are like, eh, it's just like any other sitcom, uses all the same sitcom episode tropes and things like that, and I will fight someone on this, because that show is so intricately written. Something that happened in season one, they will bring back in season nine. Yeah. Like, everything is intertwined. They wrote that. So, like I said, intricately, like, every story is intertwined. They don't forget something that happened, you know, before. Like, I hate when shows do that, the continuity errors. That's very much, uh, that's a huge thing with shows that have been running for so long. Yeah. They'll kind of, like, break off from the original storyline of a certain part of a story and then just change it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that show didn't do it. And it was also so funny throughout. Yeah. It, it wasn't one of those shows where like the first three or four seasons were hilarious and then the humor started to go away. The humor was so strong. Mm-hmm. The comedy, those actors, uh, and the writing, of course. The writing, and the directing yeah, the writing is incredible. Was, was I, there throughout the entire, was it ten seasons? Nine. Nine. Seasons, nine seasons. Yeah, like people who say it's just like all the other sitcoms, like I think it does include certain elements of classic sitcoms you know the things people love but with a unique um like addition of its own i don't think it's i don't think it's comparable to like friends right or something even though it is about a group of friends living in new york city so it is kind of comparable <laughs> to friends but not in the way it's structured well, i think it's so much more detailed and i think the comedy is so much more original than in a lot of other sitcoms i never thought about comparing it to friends till just now but yeah but, well, I guess Friends was going on in the very beginning of the series. How I Met Your Mother was starting like, the late 90s, didn't it? No. Oh, it didn't? Uh, it started in the early 2000s. I think it was, like, 2007 or six. Oh, really? Or maybe it was five. But anyway, Friends, I think, ended in, like, 2000. Oh, okay. I've never watched Friends. Um, I just have never gotten into it. My, my sister-in-law is obsessed with Friends. Uh, but I personally have not. I've tried. But. It's it's a good show. Um, I did watch it once all the way through, but I'm not the I'm not the person who watches episodes of Friends over and over again. Um, it does have funny moments, I will say, but a lot of people call it out for being problematic. Yeah. Well, so which is a different conversation. It definitely <laughs> is problematic yeah. at certain points. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll say this about a lot of movies and TV shows. If you look at the comedy, we're just the dialogue in general, how much the world has, you know, changed to what we, it's not considered funny at all anymore. Yeah. Um, You know, it's such a big thing. So can you go back and rewatch episodes of How I Met Your Mother? Yes. Because I I haven't done that yet. Personally, I I only do that every so often. Um, But then I do, I go back and watch it. I'm like, why don't I watch this more? It's so funny. Um, yeah, you can pick like a random episode and it's, you're going yeah, to Yeah, if a you've seen the lines. entire show, you can pick a random episode and... Yeah. Now, there's another show, uh, moving on from How I Met Your Mother, uh-huh. that is, I would say, your favorite show ever. Um, I would say. <laughs> and it's one that I remember when it was on TV, 
my my cousin would come to my house in the summer and watch it. Uh, uh, it, it, it to me, I always thought it would be a, a weird show. Um, but then again, this, I think it was in the summer too, of this past summer, 2020, during the pandemic, we saw each other uh, for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked, what, what show should I start getting into? And you said, you should watch Gilmore Girls. And I was like, no, I don't. I, I, I tried once. I watched an episode and I didn't like it. It wasn't funny. Um, and you kept saying, no, it's it's not about the humor. It's about the overall story and you need to get into the story. But it is about the humor also. It's, all, it's a hilarious <laughs> show. Amy, uh, I forget. What Sherman Palladino. Yeah, phenomenal. I mean, I love The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is also done by mm-hmm. her. And that was your argument because I kept saying how, how I love that show. And you're like, that's written by the same person. Yeah. You would love Gilmore Girls. And um, going back uh, when I started Gilmore Girls, a lot of the actors that are in Gilmore Girls make like guest appearances mm-hmm. in uh, Maisel. So it's it's I, I love the show now. And I, yeah, I, I was hooked uh, right away. Um, but I wasn't hooked uh, because of the two leads. There was someone that, you know, why I watched the show for at least the first season. And that was uh, Edward Herman, who played uh, may Richard. May he rest in peace. Yes, yeah. May he rest in peace. He's such a... Such, I, I love that actor. Um... I remember him from a movie called Richie Rich, mm-hmm. where he plays the dad, yeah. and he's hilarious in that movie. Uh, and he's all that I remember growing up and seeing episodes was him, and thinking, wow, that guy's, he's good, he's funny. And then him appearing in Gilmore Girls, I, I remember watching the title sequence with you, the very first episode, mm-hmm. and it said, special appearances by Edward Herman. And yeah. I, I asked Ellie, I said... Is he only in like a like a just a small a few episodes and uh, he's in the entire series. Yeah. There's times where he's gone for a bit. Well, but it's, he it's is funny in that it. it always says special appearance, which I now know is just because he was a very well known actor. I, I'm pretty um, sure out of all of the actors that worked on the show, he was the most. Yeah. Him and Kelly Bishop, who played his wife, were the most famous. I haven't seen her in. Uh, she does much a lot of else. Broadway. Oh yeah, she does that's a lot true. of Broadway. Um, but Which, it's so funny because now one of the most well-known actors of our generation, Melissa McCarthy, for comedy, yeah. she was, you know, relatively yeah. uh, new at that point. She was in yeah. that show, if you didn't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it is my number one favorite show of all time. I have watched it through, okay, I've watched it completely through about five times, but there are episodes that I've seen upwards of 15 times, I think, maybe it- even more. It's actually yeah. There are some episodes <laughs> I've seen like probably close to fifty times. It's it's such a good show. Again, getting... the the writing with this show is so good, except for season seven. I'm sorry to those writers. I know you'll never listen to my podcast, but you, and and I I'm sure that was a really difficult thing to do. And Amy was, had left at that um, point. Yeah, so. she left. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about Gilmore Girls actually recently. Mm. The Gilmore Guys. It's a really good podcast. Mm. I really recommend it for you Gilmore fans out there. Um, and all of them will talk about how uh, when Amy left, they they wanted to keep the show going, but they had to bring in different writers. Well, that's not exactly why, but it doesn't matter. You can look all that up. And all of the actors are like, oh, yeah, the tone changed completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, one thing that comes to mind is Sean Gunn was doing an interview, and he plays one of my favorite characters in the show. Um, Kirk. Kirk, <laughs> uh, who is a scene-stealing character. Oh, he's so any, funny. Any scene he's in is just 
I, I'm going to laugh. Yeah. Uh, and he said in an interview that it was like his role, because he was a series regular. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, yeah, when I when we got to the seventh season, it was almost like they had cut my role mm-hmm. so much. Because he's not really in season seven at all. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about um, that. And, you know, that, that stood out to me when I heard that interview. But, again, like I, as I said with How I Met Your Mother, uh, Gilmore Girls is the, the writing through season six is so so good it's it i I, i'm sure during its time too was such a big thing because i don't know of any other show that's like that yeah no like people are like oh gilmore girls is not funny and it depends on your humor really because it's not slapstick comedy no but Um, there's there's, but it is so clever there's different kinds of all the uh, combinations of humor physical uh, dark humor and anything in between it's all in the show there are moments of all of that in the show yeah i think my biggest thing when i describe it is it is an extremely clever show um it's also i think even now i when i watch it i'm like this would honestly be even funnier if i understood all these references yeah um it's because early 2000s so the show is so full of references to music to movies to pop culture because that is kind of the thing of the main character, Lorelai Gilmar. Um, she has seen every movie basically known to man. <laughs> They're like music connoisseurs, like they, you know. Um, and so there are so many incredible references, which I think is one of the things that makes it so funny. But just like the humor in it, like I said, is just so clever and it is laugh out loud funny. Um, I think, and, you know, along with just a great, wholesome storyline, which I can appreciate, um, and I think lots of other people can too, you know, the mother-daughter relationship, but it's Mm -hmm. unique, nothing like you'd ever seen before on television at the point of its creation. Now there's so many shows that are like that, but I believe Gilmore Girls was like the- Yeah, like- Painted the path for- Single mother raising, you know, her daughter and their, like, best friends, um, and- there's just so many, like you said, like Kirk and Michelle, like so many other characters uh, that just bring so much Michelle. life to the yeah. show. Um, and really, it's it takes place in an eccentric small town. And it it's another show where you just feel so connected to the characters by the end. Um, and I, I watched the finale of that show in the second grade. I still remember exactly... <laughs> The moment I watched the finale of that, and from then on... We were has in wo- second grade when that thing Yeah, happened? yeah. We were, it was 2007. Pretty, no, we were in the fourth grade. Third, no, it was third grade. Oh, third okay. grade going to fourth grade, sorry. Um, I remember because we were living in a basement at that time while our house was being built. Um, but yeah, and you know, at that time I was a little were, young for some of the sister, jokes. Was your sister, Cassie, was she a, a, a big fan of Gilmore Girls? Oh yeah, me and my sister are like t- number one fans. We watch it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and have ever since it first ended. Really? Because okay. it used to play on ABC Family. They would do... <laughs> they would, like, They would go it. through the yeah. whole show and then go through it all again when it would end. That's... And I remember when they would do that, and then they stopped doing it for a little while, but now it's 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 back. I see it on TV now when I'm flipping yeah. through the channels, and it's just repeating it because it's such... And the fan base, I'm sure, is just huge. Oh, and yeah. It, different, like, you know... All the ages of people that it reaches is, you know. Oh, for sure. Um, I could, I mean, teenagers could watch it, and I even appreciated it as an elementary schooler. Although, yeah. like I Didn't said, some really of the humor was. would be more advanced. Yeah. Um, up to you know people 
in their 90s. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I, I, I love that show. Um, when I finished that show, I was... Uh, my heart broke. Um, but luckily, I watched it this 2020, and the revival came out in 2016. But before we get to that... I want to ask this question, and I don't know out of my uh, my listeners who likes the show Gilmore Girls or not, um, but you know, there's very much there's the what the team uh, Jess, team uh, Logan, yeah, team Dean, yeah. Wh- which who is your favorite out of the three? No competition. It's Jess, all the way, all the way, Jess. Okay. Dean sucks. Um, I liked Logan at certain points. I did not like Logan at all, and I really didn't like. Uh, uh, Jess, but I know Why? that his character was there. Jess has the biggest character progression. He does, and you, you know I never. And th- honestly, he deserves better than Rory because Rory can be a little shit, especially yeah. as the show goes on. <laughs> I I know it's and I, so in an interview I was listening to with Scott Patterson, he was talking about when they wrote the character Jess. Mm-hmm. It was a lot about they wanted to write a character where the audience knew they were not meant to be uh jess and rory were not meant to be mm-hmm. but to just you know hold on to that you know because as you said the character his arc cha- is, is su- such a good character arc. i'll yeah. give you that um but you know the first season he's in is very like you know will they won't they mm-hmm. and then they do and it's kind of like ooh, it's not what we need yeah like okay here's the thing i think dean we're getting close to 50 minutes here, people, but I could go on about this show right. forever. And, and unfortunately, this is not a Gilmore Girls podcast, but we are talking uh, about it. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I think Dean came into Rory's life at the right time. I think he was a good first boyfriend for her, um, although he was hella toxic. Um, I would say all three of them were toxic. That's honestly true. I think... But here's the thing. Logan the most, though, for sure. Logan was definitely toxic grew a little bit um but he was still always kind of the same underneath it all like when he gave her the ultimatum and everything i won't tri- spoil everything right but yeah please anyway i think people say jess is toxic because it was like oh, like they say it's the classic girl needs to fix boy like <laughs> it's the woman's job to fix the man and make him better but honestly no they both helped each other grow and they were yeah. apart for such a long time and in that space was actually when Jess did most of his growing, which was on his own. Yeah. He was still this bad boy type when he was with, <laughs> with Rory. So I don't think it's like that at all. But I think they both help, helped each other grow so much because he always wanted what was best for her. He kept her grounded, you know, when he sees her and she's in this really, like, troublesome, tumultuous, <laughs> like, part, like, in her life, he's like, what the what the hell are you doing? This is not you. And he kind of brings her back down. And he she was always a motivation for him that he could do better with his, like, more with his life, which is what kept him going. And I just think that they're chef's kiss, amazing. <laughs> um, plus, you know, he's hot. So there's that. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> um, I have nothing to say about those characters. <laughs> The only thing I want to say about the revival, I enjoyed the revival. I, I didn't. I, 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 I kind of want them to continue in a way 
just to see what would happen next. Yeah, um, I... But I mean, I, I wouldn't I object to... I don't think they will. I think it's over. I, um, I've i heard that they're going to make another one. Really? Yeah, but... Well, you know, they, they the studio opened up like a Christmas at Stars Hollow a few mm-hmm. years ago. And that, when I uh, when I read about that, I thought, oh, maybe they were filming it anyway. So that's why they opened it up. They had just finished filming it, so they opened it mm-hmm. up to the I mean, public. like I said, I wouldn't object to another revival. But I was not a big fan of the first one. Just because... I think it's just because I have such an attachment to the original series and it just wasn't the same yeah. it wasn't the same and you know but they, i was but very amy, grateful amy did come back she yeah the i was very grateful project. to have that ending specifically for yeah. luke and lorelei we needed spoiler that. alert yeah sorry um, um <laughs> to go to go full circle about why you know one of the main reasons why i watched the show other than ellie pushing me to watch the show uh edward herman had had passed away I th- it was it wasn't that long before the mm-hmm. show had started or even came out. I think he died like a year or two before. But I I don't know if this is just because I'm such a huge fan of his. Um, but the show, I mean, of course, at any Friday night dinner, any time we saw uh, uh, Emily, mm-hmm. uh, couldn't think of her name for a second. <laughs> um, there was a a big hole of of something. It all felt like you know something was really missing mm-hmm. that made those scenes. And not saying like you know those actors are phenomenal. Obviously, they're really good actors. Yeah. But I think he held such a. Uh, uh, I don't want to say he was the glue of their you know that aspect of the show, but I I really think you know it, it was such a. Uh, I mean, they, they, it was a wonderful memorial to him. Yeah. And they talked about him a lot to where it was like very much like... I, I was happy that they wrote his death he, into the yeah. show. And I mean, it's not like it was difficult to write a death into the show for his character because he was an older man. Um, but I, I like how they didn't just give him some weird reason why he wasn't there. Um, yeah, that would have been weird. Yeah. Oh, he's and on I, another I one of his business trips or, yeah, yeah. you know. But I, I did I did like that. I appreciated that yeah, about it. Yeah. And you know, actually when I watched the first episode I, I when they during the funeral and then during the uh, when we see the painting, I did cry the first time I watched it. Yeah. Just because I was like, Oh, that's so sad. Because I remember when he when he passed. Yeah. I remember thinking, Wow, that's crazy. He's not that old and he wasn't that old when he passed away. He was early seventies. Yeah. Um But anyway, uh, we've we've talked about a lot today on the somewhat happy hour. I think this was a pretty good happy hour, um, some, yeah. somewhat, somewhat, somewhat. somewhat. Um, we've covered any everything from drinking mimosas to talking about teaching, acting, uh, Gilmore Girls, How I Met Your Mother, and I'm sure a lot of other random things in between. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna end with this. This is a part of the show that's. Uh, in every single show, and it's called the Random Question Round. Oh, God. That's um, terrifying. Okay, so I want you to tell me about a time when you had no idea what you were doing. What uh, you were, like, doing. You, you know what I mean? Can I say, like, every single day of my life? Sure. Don't. Okay, then every single day of my life, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm gonna just say all through college. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's very fair. Just because I, you know, like and I said, I changed my major a lot, and <laughs> I was 
Yeah. I was just not having a good time through college, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, yeah. She was a little messed up in the brain. <laughs> um, college, you're really kind of like, wow, uh, how do I do this? Because, you know, there's nothing that could ever prepare you for going out and doing that. And even now, here we are, young adults, and I often forget when I'm in a room with students that I am the adult in the room. Because <laughs> uh, I'll be like, ooh, something happened, and then I just won't, you know, think, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> I, I'm the one that has to do something. But, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. That's, that was a good answer. Um, Thank you. If, if, if people like it, yeah, they may they say, may... never invite this person back. Right. Or they can say, you should just start talking about Gilmore Girls and How I Met Your Mother. Call it the somewhat TV show hour. I don't know. It's a possibility, but yeah. I, I don't know if they... Sure. We'll, we'll, put a, <laughs> we'll bookmark it. Um, but thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. Uh, and cheers to you for listening to the Somewhat Happy Hour podcast with Josh Fest. Put on your Crocs and let's get dressed. It's somewhat happy hour with Josh Fest.